Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this episode of the Front Office Podcast, Sean and I get a little deeper in on the NBA Finals, and we talk about some of the other news going on, including Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols, uh, and the new coaching hires of the NBA. start with hold on one second pleased to be joined again by my main man sean gant worker what's up my brother how are you doing today i'm i'm doing all right i'm doing all right it's uh it's fairly early on scottsdale uh maricopa county arizona uh, to be more specific so Mm -hmm. it's not uh 135 degrees yet so i'm I'm staying inside and not sweating my ass off, so it's really the best I could hope for right now. Man, you know, it's crazy because the weather out in Northern California has been between um, 80 and 110, excuse me, over the last, and just 10, 15, 20 miles away from each other. So it's been insane, so I totally get um, um, what you're talking about. I don't know what 135 feels like, but yeah, I don't care. It's it's probably an exaggeration, you know. I'm sure it only gets up to like 115. But you know, once you're at 115, it frankly doesn't matter if you add 10 more degrees or something out to that. Once you're at, it just feels it feels atrocious. Once you're at 101, it's all the same. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, What is not the same is Marvin Bagley liking tweets about him getting uh, pushed out of Sacramento. His response is, "I can like whatever I want." I don't know how we just segued into that because it wasn't a segue at all. Um, well, Marvin Bagley's from Arizona. There you go. There you go. And I'm in the Bay, so it's he's mm-hmm. in SAC. So there you go. Um, question: Is it okay for him to like tweets about himself getting out? Uh, I mean, could a vice president of marketing like a tweet about? him being fired from the company? I mean, there's a difference between if it's okay and if I'd recommend it, right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, For for Bagley, I think I understand his frustration, uh, particularly now that he's just gone through a playoffs where Luka Donich, who was drafted before him, was, you know, the best player for the first round. DeAndre Ayton, who was drafted, was probably the best player for the entire playoffs, and Troy Young really blossomed. I think Marvin Bagley has every right to be frustrated with the course of his uh, his career so far, right? Definitely. Uh, the problem being is he needs to prove this on the court, and he hasn't. Right. And whether he's played out of position or not, which I think if you ask his family, they'll give you different uh, different answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been afforded, you know, 25 to 35 minutes a night in an actual NBA rotation. Right. And what has he done? Uh, injured? I mean, just stayed injured? That's all he's done. He's, he's stayed injured. He's yeah. played... Uh, he's 
played about 118 games. I mean, what's uh, what's 82 plus 82 plus? How many games were there this year? 66. Seven, uh, were there? Were there 72? 72? So 230. Yeah, and he's played well 118, right? Well, it's uh, not ridiculous, but it's yeah. also average of 15 points per game if you round up. I think I think rebounds 50% shooting. I think Marvin's issue is the same issue the aforementioned uh DeAndre Ayton um went through. Ayton's first year or two, he was chucking up threes. Yes. And it was like, dude, you're not a three I mean, if if it happens, you're not Joel Embiid from behind beyond the arc, okay? And he and I don't like him doing it that much. You know, but once Aiden realized that, hey, I'm not a three-point shooter. Everybody wants to be a shooter. Everybody wants to be Steph Curry. You know, and same thing with Marvin Bagley. You should not go on a pick and roll and pop out to the three-point line and wait for that shot and shoot it with that ugly left-handed shot. That I mean, get down in that paint and skyhook him. Nick Claxton, do what Nick Claxton does. Bingo. Use your size. Yeah. How many people on this earth have been gifted with, you know, a 6'11 frame? And this guy's 240. He should plant right. himself like a tree. Get down game. there and use your your speed to get around Julius uh, Randle because they can't keep up with you. And and use that left hook and learn how to... Man, look. Nick Claxton, I don't know why, how it just popped in my brain, but I love his game. It And it's... He's going to learn in Brooklyn. And Marvin Bagley, I know you were the number one pick. Okay. Aiton almost got you a free pass for another year. Yes. <laughs> so, so Luca came in hot. He went after you, you know. Um, and thanks to Vladi, and okay, he blew up on the scene fast. Trey Young, everyone was still kind of like, uh, you know, let's see, is he trying to be Steph Curry? He needs to reel it in. And then I think Nate got him to start passing a little bit more, and he started worrying about assists, which is a great thing to worry about, as well as twenty five. But eleven assists go great with twenty seven. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, you can afford to miss a couple of shots if yes. you're averaging out 11 assists. Definitely, definitely. Marvin Bagley has to realize that, hey, this is De'Aaron Fox, and to a lesser extent, Buddy Hill, and to a lesser but greater extent, Tyrese Halliburton's team. You're the fourth cog in this machine, buddy. Just just before Rashawn Holmes takes it away from you, get on board. Yes. Get on board. And that's that's the only thing. Stop worrying about tweets. Stop rapping and, and having rap beats with Dame Lillard. Like, you don't need to do that, man. Like, like you know, trim the fro down a little bit and come new. <laughs> exactly. Come it's, new next year. Lock yourself in the gym. Yeah. Have your Akeem Elijah on for two weeks. And, and come new. And just, just work in the post. I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think... To Bagley's credit, I don't think he's in the best situation. Right. I think we like De'Aaron Fox, but can acknowledge that he's less of a facilitator than he's a scorer. And when DeAndre Ayton was truly unlocked, which frankly didn't really happen until the playoffs this year, it was was because Chris Paul and him had developed this sort of synergy where he could just score on the pick and roll every single time. Right. And I think if Bagley had that kind, kind of point guard, whether it be um, a Kyle Lowry this offseason, 
you know, uh, which I don't think the Kings will will try to get given, or even transitioning Halliburton just into the number one role and working Fox off the ball. I think that could increase his game, but he needs to fundamentally change his play his play style. Tell his dad to stop tweeting. Stop on his tweeting, behalf. Dad. This has not. This and, is not your business. And just just stop entirely because this this stuff rolls downhill, right? I'm so happy. Same kind of the same kind of garbage is happening to Bagley's brother right now. I was just about to mention. I'm so happy he went back to school. It was the right decision. Yes. I'll be honest, it shocked me. Yeah, it shocked me too. I'm like, man, good job, dude. Someone, I don't. Maybe it was your dad. Maybe it was Marvin. Hey, man. This. Let me get my stuff together first. Like, you don't need this right now. Go back to school and be like top ten pick next year if you can. And I, I and dad, so sit back and chill. But you brought up a point though. You said okay. So you said it's the circumstance that Bagley is in. And are you saying that? What do you mean by that? What I mean is, I think he needs to be traded. Okay, so who's uh, who's at fault here? King, so you think right? it's Bagley or the Kings? Oh, I mean it's both. Okay, and, uh, and here's I, why I'm asking. I'm, I'm kind of leading sorry. you. I'm kind of leading you somewhere because I want to get there. So go ahead, continue. I mean, I think the the Kings have afforded themselves absolutely no benefit of the doubt when it comes to player evaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, the start of uh, the McNair Tyrese Halliburton collaboration right. is. Uh, is a sign of them getting back on track, but we've seen what they've done to bigs right. throughout their entire careers. I mean, Cousins was remarkably skilled from the beginning, but they couldn't win with him. Uh, Thomas Robinson came in with all the accolades in the world and, and bombed out of the N- NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, George's Papa Giannis was mm-hmm. obviously oh. way overdrafted. Oh. You're never going to hear that dude's name again. Again. Ever, ever, ever. Ever. Uh, so I think Bagley... Didn't DeMarcus send a tweet about him when they drafted him? I think so. Yeah. And DeMarcus was right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I think Bagley was in a bad situation, but also he's done himself no good despite despite it. But Okay, so here's what I was leading you to. I think every team can say that about missing draft picks. And there's one team in particular. I thought about this last night. About a year or two ago, Draymond Green was quoted. He was speaking about Marquise Chris. And he said, pretty much, blame those guys in Phoenix for messing up Marquise. Those guys in Phoenix, the Morris twins, everybody is hating on Phoenix. They don't hate on their their, their uh, medical department the doctors but they hate on phoenix and the front office and robert sarver and all of those guys and phoenix was like like the clippers with donald sterling like the kings now we're like my raiders you understand what i'm saying we're like the lions so until and they and and draymond green was adamant that it's the Suns, it's franchises until Yesterday, pretty much. Until a year ago. Until James Jones. Until uh, uh, Monty Williams. Until Chris Paul. They, the draft picks were still there. Exactly. It, you know, so I can, I can blame the franchise all the way, but I only blame the franchise for making not – I can't blame the player. I have to play, blame the people they hire who don't develop that player because uh, – Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. Well, not Cam Johnson because he wasn't Ryan McDonough's pick. Um, they were still going to suck and not make the playoffs for 10 more years. 
if if those hires weren't made and that free agent move wasn't made as well as uh Jay Crowder. So it it's can't, it, it can't all be Marvin Bagley's fault and Thomas Robinson's no. fault and and maybe Papa John said it was his fault. That was no that was Vladdy's fault. But it can't be those guys' fault and Jimmer Fredette's fault. Because Isaiah Thomas made away, they just traded him away. Demarcus Cousins made away. So how come some guys can 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 break through even with bad attitudes or with great work work ethic, but other guys don't? So I'm I'm trying to find a reason what's going on there. Talk to me. Well, uh, I mean, if we're going to call someone out in Sacramento, his name would probably rhyme with uh, Vivek Ranadive. <laughs> Uh, let's let's not be uh, particularly shy about that. He, I mean, he, he saved the team, admittedly, from being moved, whether it be to Anaheim or, or Las Vegas or somewhere else. But then um, he meddled and collaborated to an extent where uh, the people and the organization were fundamentally unsuited to winning, to making a winning basketball team, and that extends to his hires. I mean, uh, PDL Alessandro. Uh, gets into a feud with Mike Malone. Mike Malone gets fired. Mike Malone is now one of the best coaches in the Western Conference. They bring in uh, Dave Jorger. Dave Jorger is an absolute hard ass, but he gets the absolute best out of that team that one could come to expect. And they reward him by firing him. Uh, They bring in Luke Walton. Luke Walton has no no acumen outside of coaching a very good Warriors team that was using the Steve Kerr system and what's happened not only that but I mean Luke Walton was a fine role player but he was a 6 foot 8 dude who averaged 5 points a game is that supposed to inspire draft picks like Marvin Bagley that this guy can build us I think it's, it's, it's that it's the roster construction and the mentality of an organization and if you're strong-willed enough to succeed despite all of it, you will succeed. If if not, you will be broken down, just like, you know, Kwame Brown found the weight of the world on his shoulders through expectations through being by Michael Jordan and by being the guy who was supposed to save the Washington Wizards franchise. Like, it's all about these situations. It's never that simple. Man, look, I, I that's why I have you, because... I go on my rants sometimes and sometimes I'll just start just just yeah ranting and and I, I love how how you said those things my only thing is if it's Vivek Ranadive you're saying he's he's being like a meddlesome owner and I think he's gotten a little better but yeah. I don't think there's okay. any question that guys like Nick Stauskas would yeah. never have been on the team man <laughs> Man, you know, so so the thing about it is, you're absolutely right. But but him hiring Joe Dumars as a consultant, uh, McNair as as the new GM, you know, all those guys were the the Devin Booker's and DeAndre Ayton's and and Mikael Bridges before a new regime comes in, and looked like they hit on Tyrese Halliburton. So it, it's kind of it, it does it kind of makes you wonder okay Marvin it's kind of like your turn now because w- w- this is a new regime and you can exactly. kind of yeah so so now what I, I think your comparison with the Suns was actually very accurate now okay right? okay because like you said Sarver was a joke it's he still right it still makes yeah 
He was the guy who put what was it a goat in McDonough's office? Or yes. McDonough put a <laughs> yes. goat in somebody's <laughs> office. Yes. He was the cheapskate. Oh. And then man. what happens? He gets smart people and leaves them alone. There you go. So did Vec Ronnie Dive do that? Is the question, right? Let's hope so. Looks like it. Well, the there was no one, well. It's constructed. It's not remarkably different than the Suns. But here's the only thing, though. Tyrese Halliburton might have just fell in their lap. So we don't know, do we? He was the best one. He was the best guy left. <laughs> I, I, yeah, but at the same time, like we can't penalize them for making the logical decision. Right. It's like picking Aaron. It's like Green Bay picking Aaron Rodgers at twenty-one or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. Like what? What were they supposed to do? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So maybe this year at what is it? Eight? What do they have? Eight this year? Nine this year? Maybe we'll see at nine because this is a deep draft. Now, two of those top fifteen guys are going to be bust. Yes. We just got to figure out which two. And I'm sorry, people. That's not hate. And that's just, it's probably more than two. I'm trying to be nice about it. They've been generous. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking five. Five are going to be bust. Um, okay. I, I, I think so, too. Yeah, Dev, we'll, 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 our next episode is going to be NBA draft. So we'll get to that, like, on our next episode. There's been some, uh, so Marvin Bagley to close you out. It's on you now, buddy. So let's see what you got going. You you are the starting four or five big, whatever. Let's see what you got. Um, some coaching hires. Uh, Chauncey Billups was hired by Portland. Jason Kidd was hired by Dallas. And two great assistant coaching hires. Scott Brooks was brought along with Chauncey. And then Kenny Atkinson to the Warriors. Which one do you like the most? Also, speaking of meddlesome owners, <laughs> which one do you like the least? Which one do you are you fascinated about? I'm fascinated the most about Chauncey Billups. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like cerebral point guards. I like being able to watch a guy's career, see his feel for the game, and then uh, see where that takes him in coaching. I... I I do think he he put the work in. I mean, it was albeit briefly, uh, one year as an assistant with the Clippers, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we saw what that assistant coaching staff in LA was able to do around Tyron Lue. I think that was a really remarkable staff. Definitely, and they'll actually suffer in the absence of, of Billups and, and and Atkinson and all those guys. Um, so I'm interested in that. I don't know if we want to touch base and all the drama. I will just say. Um, if he is guilty, then he is guilty. But if he was investigated and cleared, you don't have to destroy his life because of allegations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't, I don't want to drag us down. But like, just let's let's be realistic here about the justice system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited to see whether Chauncey Billups can can get a little more out of Lillard. I mean, he doesn't need to get a little more Lillard, but he needs to get a little more out of the pieces around Lillard. Right. Improve that de- that defense. They really need to probably trade McCollum. Uh, Man, restructure that the roster. It, it sucks, but oh. it's, I mean, it, it happens. And then get um, a more plausible two-way three and D guy to replace Carmelo Anthony, who um, who, who I, who I uh, actually like his reinvention, but he just doesn't need to be on this roster as currently constructed. In terms of coaching hires, I hate. I think we can both agree that it's Jason Kidd. So um, I, he's he. I love it and hate it at the same time. 
because <laughs> you know I'm loving Jamal Mosley in Orlando, and that just came across as well. Yeah, um, I was going to say that. I, yeah. I like that. I like when they give those NBA lifers a definitely, chance. Definitely. And I think he's got uh, so much respect, and he's come from a really good coaching stock. So. Uh, good work, Orlando Magic, on that. The thing, the thing about me for Jason Kidd is, it's the Doc Rivers thing, you know, because I, I, you didn't do anything in Brooklyn. You, 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 you're looking at uh, Milwaukee, and it's kind of like, could you have done that? Maybe if they made a trade for Drew Holiday, I don't know. So here's kind of like Jay Kidd, kind of you have a superstar talent that emulates you. So let's see what you do uh, um, with with Luca. Um, I, I do actually love the Nico Harrison hire. And the reason why is because Mark Cuban understands, and then we spoke of this before another episode, understands it's not about basketball lifers and, and nepotism and things of that sort. It's more about relationships. And Nico Harrison has relationships with some of these players. And that allows him the opportunity to be close to these players, to be able to... Players will take a home team discount if they like where they work and they like who they work with. Period. Period. If they don't like you, nah, get me out of here. It's not about big markets and small markets anymore. You make your market. So Mark Cuban is starting to understand that if you have relationships, it doesn't matter if you have... I have 52 years experience in the front office. It doesn't matter. They don't like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So those players hate when you walk into to the office. You know what I mean? So get me out of here exactly. as soon as my rookie deal is up. Um, so I don't hate the hire for Jason Kidd. I'm just, I just want to see um, what happens with that. Let me back up real quick because I want to talk about a one trade that I had in my head. And okay. so if I were the Kings... I would trade De'Aaron Fox to Houston. I would take back John Wall's contract, but you got to give me that number two pick. And I think Houston is okay with uh, the Texas kid being their point guard who's locked up as well at a decent price for a young guy. It's not John Wall's $44 million, It's De'Aaron Fox, $28, $29, 30000000 million. And he's home. And I'm sorry, I, I can't. And, and with the Kings, I'm taking Evan Mobley at that too. But Houston, hey, you got 27 and 28. So you can find some guys there to run with Christian Wood and De'Aaron Fox and K.J. Porter and, and Kenyon Martin Jr. That's what I would do. With, with, with the Kings, with, yeah. with John Wall, I got him for two years. Now, he's my, he's my Chris Paul back up to Tyrese Halliburton being my point guard. John Wall, you're coming here to be my you're gonna be my Lou Will to Trey Young for the rest of your contract here. And when when Tyrese needs a little pep talk or he might need to slide over and let you run it for a little bit, cool. You'll still get 20, 22 minutes a game, but you're the backup. You're not starting. And then I'm drafting Evan Mobley and at nine I'm getting the best three to replace Harrison Barnes. That's what I want to say. I think you're right, and I think the Rockets are in such an interesting position because really the ideal player they need is almost certainly going to be gone, right? Yeah. Cunningham. Right. Cunningham, Cunningham. they could slot him at the three on that team, frankly. They, they could. And have him and Porter just go to work. They, they go to work. It would be crazy. Yeah. Porter's, here, Porter's ridiculous. Like, he's, he's amazing. I love yes. him. Yes. And I'm so happy that you found a good place. Definitely. Uh, but here's the issue. They committed a whole bunch of to Christian, much of money to Christian Wood. They did. Who I think is tradable. Um, however. Um, he works for them, though. 
he works for them and there's conflict they're not conflict but there's uh, not necessarily a good fit with Mobley around him right 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 and then there's Jalen Green yes who has so much repetitive skills but you got Porter. Porter yeah exactly <laughs> you have Suggs who would take the ball away from Porter right and then you have guys like Scotty Barnes, who I don't think you can draft at two, even though I think his skill set would probably fit very well into that team. Man, if OKC, if he's around for OKC, yeah. you snatch him up. He'll be unbelievable. Yeah, he'll uh, be unbelievable. You might can trade SGA to Toronto and get number four and send him home. Yeah. Like, I, I, so I think I think the Rockets need to trade that pick. Yes. And and knowing that, I'm absolutely on board with your with your trade. Definitely. And that, that rebuilds Sacramento now because I tell you, man, and we're, we're going to talk about the NBA draft y'all later, but dang, I'm sorry I went down this rabbit hole. Orlando, if they hit those two picks right, they can be in business with Wendell Carter and, and Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, because those two guys look like they can be good. But if they hit that 4-9 and if the Warriors hit 7-14, and 14, look out. But the reason why I brought up the trade was because there was talk of Dame Lillard. Bob Myers, uh, Warriors GM, pretty much stated that there was a conversation of Dame Lillard getting traded uh, to the Warriors. And in my mind, I'm like, that would be crazy. Secondly, how would they get him? Who would they give up? Because Dame's on the hook for like $50 million almost. So it'd have to be Wiggins and those two picks. And, and Wiseman. And Wiseman, yes. Do the Warriors do that to bring the kid uh, home? I don't think they can. I don't think they I can. I think even though you just mentioned, why, I mean, why is it, well, Wiggins is making like, I don't know, 25 mil. Right. And the issue with the uh, Warriors is that they don't have any supplementary contracts. Right. And would have to trade Clay Thompson. Yeah, they're not doing that. In addition to that, I love Damon Lillard, and I don't have any doubt in the world that that team as constructed, even with Lillard and Curry, would win 60 games. But it's not a good fit. Right, it's not. They win on talent alone, but they are. You'd have a bunch of guys going one on one, forty-five footers, yep. and doing home run plays, and it would be awesome. And they'd win a hell of a lot. But yeah. The day those shots don't fall, right? Uh, they have absolutely no strength on the interior. Yes. And that day's coming, people. They're getting older. Yes. Their arms are getting more tired. That day's coming. You can shoot forever, but not from forty feet. <laughs> Especially if if you're Curry and your ankles eventually, that's just going to stop. Yeah. You can have the best training regimen in the world, and uh, your body is just going to give out on you. Now, what you're seeing in Lou Williams right now, being able to pull up from 12, 15, that's what Curry and Lillard are going to have in in the next five years. Yes. Yeah, I I get that. I get that. Okay. Um, The NBA Finals. Your Phoenix Suns. um, We're after game three. Your Phoenix. Oh, Scott Brooks and Kenny Atkinson. Which one do you like? I I like Scott Brooks with he'll be more helpful to Chauncey Billups. But Kenny Atkinson will fine-tune some of those things um, Steve Kerr won't, can't. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Kenny Atkinson because he's an X's and O's guy. Um, and I think that will be uh, great with Kerr. And is uh, is Ron Adams still on that staff? I think so, and Mike Brown, correct? I Jason mean, yeah, Collins so, left. So if that's the case, I mean, that staff is that staff still is, to the core yeah. of, you know, of great basketball minds. Um, that might be that Bill Walsh. That might be a Bill Walsh um, 49ers um, coaching staff right there. It really might, right? Yeah. It's just like a collaboration of great minds. Yeah. Um, 
I, I like Scott Brooks quite a bit. I think he's a he's a good players coach. Um, I would like to see them get another. Uh, I mean, what I said, right? An X's and O's guy, right? Whether they can steal uh, Quinn from Miami or something, and mm. just put him on that bench, get him next to Chauncey, and just have him work through systems. Um, otherwise, I see no problem with Brooks being in a locker room. And being there to cool down temperature, right. relate to players and stuff, and uh, it's another old former guard. And Portland is just so guard heavy that you could help guys like Anthony Simons uh, develop a little more. Man, Portland is, has a tall task because I think Andre Drummond just needs to go there and call it a day. And you guys keep chucking, I'll get twenty five boards, call it a day. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, just get up. Just be a garbage man. Definitely, definitely. NBA Finals. The Phoenix Suns uh, jumped out to a two nothing lead over the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, game three, Milwaukee came back with a one twenty to one hundred win to um, get the series going two to one. Still, Phoenix. Chris Paul is having an amazing finals. Uh, twenty four points a game, eight assists. Devin Booker's doing great. DeAndre Ayton looks like a young Tim Duncan, and I know you're smiling from ear to ear right now. Tell me what you're thinking about your Phoenix Suns right now. And I think they're in a good place. Yes. Um, I thought that before yesterday's game, right? And mm-hmm. I think so now. Yeah. Um, because we knew that, I mean, the Bucks are in the NBA Finals. They're a good team. Right. We knew that they'd give it to you, and uh, eventually the shots would fall. Right. Giannis is obviously incredible. D- obviously. Middleton and Holiday were good for good, uh, good for great games, and yes. uh, Portis, Portis was the X factor. And the Suns didn't play entirely bad for portions of that game, other than just the third quarter, when uh, and the end of the second quarter, excuse me, uh, when the Bucks were just able to go on a tear. And then it didn't matter how many shots the Suns were hitting because the Bucks would just counter every time. So. Uh, if I was Phoenix, um, I would be happy. I would know I'm always going to have that home court advantage. Right. With these fans that have turned uh, Phoenix Suns Arena into a college arena. Yes, they have. And the energy is just palpable being yes. in there. I, I've been in there for the first two games. And uh, when Giannis is on the free throw line, the building shakes. Right. It's truly incredible. So I think what we've seen is that the Suns are the better team. Uh, but the Bucks are no spring chicken, you know? Right. Uh, you can't underestimate them. You, you just can't. But at the end of the day, Booker's shots are going to fall eventually. Yeah. Uh, Crowder might slow down a little bit, but Bridges will pick up that slack. And I think the Suns just have too many weapons. You know, I think that I was expecting Bridges. So I still have the Suns uh, winning at home in game five. Wrapping up, they'll they'll win Game Four in Milwaukee, Game Five at home. Phoenix will will have a party, um, but and I did expect Michael Bridges to not have the Game Two performance in Game Three, so I did expect that. Chris Paul is doing his thing, and I do. I'm I'm not disappointed in Devin Booker. He could just be on fumes right now, and 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 maybe he's you know three for fourteen, one for seven from three point. Those are ty- those are just tired legs, I think. And now he's exactly. got to find that second gear. And kind of kick it in, you know what I'm saying? It's got to be, you know, whatever what whatever Kobe Bryant told him that he has tatted on his arm. It's time to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I love mean, what I'm seeing. Have never played this long, right? Definitely, have never played this long into the season. Definitely, 
and it's time it's time to be legendary for real you know it has to, it t- it's time to be cam johnson i enjoyed that dunk that was amazing and i cam johnson jay crowder knows that cam johnson will be starting there maybe next year he'll be the harrison barnes andre Iguodala um type go to the bench and that's fine that young team um phoenix man it's hard it's it's funny saying they're a young team with chris paul on there um but at the same time milwaukee they did what they were supposed to do Giannis had 41 boy i tell you coach bud is is (laughs) he's got to be the happiest man in the world (laughs) because right he was he was sweating Hey, that Brooklyn series, he was gone. First round, he was done the next day. So they're going to extend him now, right? They have to, right? I mean, I wouldn't. But <laughs> I think they will. <laughs> Give him a two-year contract, but have that second year maybe be an option. Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I like Budenholzer, right? But right. we always talk about the Doug Collins, Michael, uh, right. Phil Jackson thing. Right. Sometimes the guy is just not the guy, and that's nothing. That's nothing to be ashamed of. It's Hugh Jackson all over again. Yeah, yeah I mean, so like, here, here's where we are right now, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. The Bucks came and they, they punched the Suns in the mouth. They rode that home court energy. They're able to sur- to survive a barrage of you know Paul and Aiton pick and rolls, but they did so by hitting timely shots and seeing that Devin Booker either has no legs under him or is just in the funk right now. Mm-hmm. And I tend to think that shooters can shoot themselves uh, past this kind of stuff. And Booker is a Kobe Bryant disciple. Yes. And what we saw with Kobe is that Kobe would shoot 30 shots a game, could miss 20 of them, and then the very next day, next day would be like 18 for 24. Yeah. Uh, so that will happen for Devin Booker, whether it be in Pfizer Forum or or off Jefferson Street in Phoenix. It will happen. And when that's the case, the Bucks will be relying on a backcourt of, you know, Drew Holiday and Bryn Forbes to match up with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And it's just a fundamental disconnect that not even White Dante being back and healthy could fix. No, he couldn't it's fix a, that. It's just a bad matchup. It's just a bad... I'm, man, I'm loving what I'm seeing from DeAndre Ayton. I am loving I'm so I'm so happy for him. <sighs> he looks like he can... Like he, when he pulls up from that... 12 to 50 I mean right up top of key dude he, he looks like Carl Malone a little bit <laughs> he, he absolutely does except it, he's just longer this is a guy that was that wasn't didn't play the fourth quarter in the first half of the season right this is a guy being benched for Dario Saric right and now he is undisputably other than Giannis the best player in the playoffs right now man if he had a little curly top and some wristbands, and he pulled up. He would look like Carl Malone. Yeah. If he was a terrible person off the court and fathered like twenty-five children, <laughs> he would be Carl Malone. <laughs> Sorry, Carl. Please don't beat me up. You nah, could. He's gonna beat you up. All right. Speaking yeah, of that, let's. Me. Speaking of that, um, it's time to get serious. The light that I have okay. now, um, as a white woman who leads a black-led sport. Um, and celebrated here. I want to show a light on black women. Um, they don't get the media coverage that they deserve. Um, they've given so much to this sport and the community and society as a whole, and their value is un- undeniable. Um, and 
in the WNBA last season, the postseason awards, 80% of the winners were black, but they got half the amount of coverage as the white athletes. So I think it's time for change. Um, sports media holds the key to storylines. Sponsors tell us who is valuable, and you have told the world that I matter today, and everyone who voted, thank you. Um, but I think we should use this power together to also celebrate black women. So to Maria Taylor, Robin Roberts, Maya Moore, Odyssey Alexander, to all the incredible black women in my life, on my teams, to Brianna Taylor and all the lives lost, and to those names who have not yet learned, but I hope to share. I stand behind you and I'll continue to follow follow you and follow your lead and fight for you guys. So I just want to say thank you for everything. That was courtesy of ESPN at the ESPY Awards. All right, Sean, it's time to get serious. I'm ready. All right, we're going to talk about your beloved school first. Um, so first, at the ESPYs, Paige Beckers won a, an award for the best college athlete and gave what I will say the most inspirational uh, towing the line acknowledging people were probably pissing off people like a real I'm gonna start a movement like and I'm so proud of her and mm-hmm. I, I I don't even know how to describe it, but I, I, I saw the video and I'm just like, wow, she really did that. And I don't even know what else to say about it, but I'm so proud of her. And I know you, you went to UConn. So what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's profound, yes. right? That, uh, she is in a position, uh, to, to make the change she, she wants to make. And, uh, she is a, a white woman. Yes. And she used this to honor uh, a black woman in the traditionally black sport that mm-hmm. she uh, that she, that she does right that that she thrives in. Right. I like to think um, that the team, the coach. I'm I'm sorry, I cut you off. I like to think the team and the coach are are helping her realize that. Continue. I think so too. I think Gina Oriyama has made a career off empowering these ladies. Yes. And, uh, there's going to be a special place for him in the in the Hall of Fame. Maybe his own wing, surrounded by all of these incredible right. young women that he <laughs> he helped bring to greatness. Because what we need to keep in mind is, well, yes, uh, these UConn women are dominating. You know, 55% of the WNBA. Uh, so many of them don't make it professionally. Right. But they go into life instilled with these lessons. Mm-hmm. And even people like Maya Moore. Right. Who dominated in the WNBA took the lessons they learned from people like Gino and from growing up and their their wonderful parents and used it to to fight for actionable change. Right. Now I uh, I have a complicated view about this kind of stuff. You know that. Of course, that's why I brought it up to you. I don't believe that sports uh, professionals need to have a platform. Mm-hmm. I also, I mean, I think they, they can't have a platform. I'm right. all about free speech, but I also don't need to hear what, say, uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton thinks about the Cuban uprising, right? Right. Like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> uh, but I won't begrudge someone 
speaking up for themselves just in the right platform definitely michael jordan said republicans buy sneakers too and there is so much truth to that Mm-hmm. And frankly, I believe if more athletes understood that, this culture would probably be in a healthier place. Definitely. Because we've developed uh, stuff along partisan and racial lines that don't need to be about that. We can be page buckers and uplift people just by talking about them and saying all inspiration. And we don't need to, we can come to a point where we don't need to assign right uh, skin color to that. Right. Or sexual orientation to mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Because if we truly are going to be a melting pot, eventually we should all just shake hands, sit down next to each other, and not not have to acknowledge that crap. Because mm-hmm. it can be unsaid. Uh, but we're not at that point yet. That's, Maybe we yep. will never be. And the fact that Paige went on this stage, where she is fully welcome to give a speech, we've seen it. Uh, we've seen it at the Oscars and yep. stuff, where yep. these people give yep. a chance to speak their mind. Yep. And uh, yep. she didn't thank her trainer. She didn't have to thank her teammates. She yeah. didn't have to thank, like, Gatorade for a wonderful sponsorship she yeah. eventually comes to expect. No, she yeah. talked about Maria Taylor, yeah. Robin Roberts, and yeah. in Maya Moore. And yeah. uh, I think I can't say enough about uh, the kind of woman I think she's going to be uh, even after her basketball career is over. Definitely. I was going to say Maria Taylor till last. You know what? I still am. <laughs> okay. So is ESPN. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> See, you're messing with me. Stop. So, I, the, Sean, Sean the, the reason why you and I work is because we, we're, we, we're teaching each other different things and we're learning different things from each other. We're seeing things from different spectrums on certain things and we're seeing things on the same spectrum of others. And that's why we work. And, and, I, and I feel like when, when, when you started, I was kind of, okay, I was listening. And then you said something. I was like, "Yeah, way way to wrap that up." You know, I'm in in, in a bow, and it, it was more when you said um, these things should be unsaid, but we're probably not at that point right now. And and I yeah. totally agree with you to the point of when is it gonna be unsaid? I don't know if that's in our lifetime because I still hear uh, old cars when I'm crossing the street because they're yeah. not new cars locking their doors and, and making people locking their doors when I'm crossing the street from or, or pre-COVID when when people are walking my way they cross the street you know mm-hmm. and now it's COVID because you know no one wants to be you know social distancing but pre-COVID it was things like that or um, um, younger men younger white men than me or my even my age we're walking to the door together and he's kind of like standing there waiting for me to hold the door open for him. <laughs> and I'm like in the stare down when I'm like, uh, I'll go around to the other door, dude, before I do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's two doors here. I will walk all the way down to the opposite end of the store to walk in that door before I open this door for you, you know? And you know, so it's, it's just things like that, you know, or, or, you're getting in line and 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 you're buying some uh, a nice bottle of wine and and the cashier says something like you know this is forty two dollars uh, oh you know what I'm gonna make it two <laughs> you know so certain things hopefully will become non normalized because they're normal now to me they're normal to me. that stuff's normal to me and certain things are being said now i know that there are people tired of hearing every commercial on espn look some of the commercial breaks 
some of the songs on there, when they go into the commercial, I'm like, y'all could have picked another song. Yeah, come on, guys. Like, come on, guys. Y'all, y'all... And I'm saying this as from a black man. Y'all trying too hard. You know, turn it down just a little bit. It's like saying, oh, my... It's like the white guys at the party saying, oh, my black friend the other day told me, just say my friend, you're trying too hard to yeah. be uh, accepted. Like you ever seen the movie Get Out? Uh, uh, yeah, I see it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I live it. <laughs> for Barack Obama for a third term if they would right all those old white guys just trying to be hip exactly and that's all all I'm saying it's kind of like some of the songs if they're playing the clean version some parents gonna listen to that and be like the dirty version is really dirty so let's at least play some 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 songs that are today was a good day from Ice Cube let's play some songs that are good hip hop songs and not songs from people that are just crazy songs and and that's why I say you know some of those things should be said and I don't know who's not saying those things like hey we're doing a little bit too much of certain things if somebody says that they will get destroyed because it'll be standing in the way of someone else's message listen listen I support black business I support you know uh, um, people of color trying to just make ends meet, get ahead, whatever you have it. And if people are going to help, then help. Cool. Yeah. But sometimes, like, and I'll just use the music, like I said, going in a commercial break. Make it genuine. Don't fake. Don't make it look like you're faking it. At least fake the faking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which brings us. To Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols. Oh boy! So minefield. This is like the distillation of woke politics and ESPN culture. It's like the perfect story. Man, it look! Is unbelievable. My brother called me and said, "Never said this to me before," and I'm, so I know he's listening. And said, "Dude, the last episode you and Sean had was probably your best episode." I said, really? Really? Cool. Thanks. Like, I appreciated the feedback, right? You know, I get some stuff on, on IG about episodes, you know. Um, um, man, it goes down in the DM. But, <laughs> hey, Sean, I got a text like, what's Sean's phone number? I, I, I almost sent it to him. <laughs> okay, so, so, um, <clears throat> And and he said he start he brought up the Maria Taylor thing and told me his thoughts on it and I'll share them as we talk about it here. But um, the the first thing I thought was I can't wait to talk to Sean about this because <laughs> I I want to hear ooh he's he's got steam coming out of his ears I feel it from that's not heat in Arizona y'all that's Sean. <laughs> all right so I'll start here first of all. Rachel Nichols is on, I guess, an ESPN set, and she's talking to Adam Mendelson, who is LeBron's political advisor, 
which is weird to even say. Okay, cool. Also, maybe get a new political advisor, LeBron James. <laughs> right, and and, and she for, right, but we we're gonna talk about that part, and we're gonna segment this. So, she her mic is hot, and she's talking to Adam Middleton about Maria Taylor. Pretty much, ESPN wants Maria Taylor to get more shine. They're gonna put her on this, this, that, and the other. Rachel Nichols is like, well. ESPN, I understand you have some issues with diversity, me being a woman, this, that, and the other, da, 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 da. Um, I wanted Paige Beckers to say that as well. Um, Not just black women, all women, but black women got it tough. And I know this firsthand, so I know why she did that. And so she didn't want to put herself in that. She's like, no, let's recognize black women, you know. Um, So I do understand that. And, And I do understand Rachel Nichols saying, hey, ESPN, you have issue with diversity. Me being a woman, you know, know this firsthand because she does know it. Now, does she know it as much as a black woman? Probably not. Fair to say she doesn't. Still, uh, discrimination is discrimination. It's not like it's kind of like and please don't be offended by this. Anyone. It's kind of like having a little bit of cancer. You know what I mean? It's, It's people. I I don't mean anything by that. I'm just using it as an analogy, so don't cancel us. Um, it's too late. Yeah, right. Into your DMs now. Oh, oh, they're already there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So my thing is, it's kind of like discrimination in any form is discrimination in any form. So let's just make sure. I'm sure there's some old German dude that's going to hate you and me. You know what I mean? They'll, so, uh-huh. and, and, you know what I mean? And, and people, I'm sorry for saying that too. Okay. Volkswagen, oh, yeah, I'm, off, yeah. I'm sorry for saying that too. Um, but anyway, so she was saying, give it to, give that job to somebody else. Don't take my job. Yes. And and that's all it was. Um, I would say the same thing, people. And I don't care if it's a black woman, a white woman, a white man, or a black man. That you're trying to to anybody transgender gay I don't care give somebody else the job don't take it from me you taking food out of off my plate exactly <laughs> and, and so that's the first part that I want to talk about with you and the second part that I, I I really have a problem that people can record an intimate conversation between two people and put it out. I'm sorry, you have a problem with someone breaking the law and suffering absolutely no consequences for it? Now, the girl who... who now, so the, also, there's a girl, who, a lady, not a girl, a, a woman, who works for ESPN, who listens to the servers. I guess what they do is they listen to everything that's recorded, they decide yes. what to keep, what to throw away. You've done that, right? I mean, I, I worked at ESPN. Right. I, I can confirm that... If the, if the mic is live, the mic is, is live. Right. So she heard this and she gave this to Maria Taylor. Okay. Now, some people are aghast. Like, oh my God, she just that and the other. The first thing I thought was, what else was she supposed to do? If me being, and, and, and I don't know how you feel about this, Sean. But if, okay, here here's how I'm going to put it in your, you're Jewish. Someone on set is Jewish. And you hear some something being said about <sighs> Rachel didn't say anything about the black community. She just referenced it in a way. 
and they said something about and, and, and they referenced the Jewish community in a way in regards to this person. Sean, I, only because you are who you are, black folks, it's our duty to kind of like, hey, I got to let you know what's going on. It's my it's my it's my duty and I have to. This is so I don't know if you would have handed that recording over, but would you have? I just want to hear if, if you care to comment. No, I wouldn't. I don't think uh, I didn't think you would. I, I mean, I think that's you can talk. You can tell her about it. You can tell her it exists, but you're under no obligation to. Uh, I'm not a snitches stitches guy, right? <laughs> I, I, I think gangster Sean. Yeah, if we were more forthcoming. Mm-hmm. But you're under no obligation to try to start a, a race war in your workplace. <laughs> Just because you have, you have some good audio, you know, you're not, this isn't Watergate. <laughs> the, the, our democracy is not going to fall apart if, uh, you know, if Maria Taylor doesn't know Rachel Nichols talks badly about her. Because I've been in those ESPN dressing rooms. They yes. talk badly about each other all of the time. Right. It's right. just not recorded. It's just not recorded. Um, the only thing is, is, so here's what I think happened. The girl gave the tape to... So this happened last year during the bubble. Okay? Yes. So Maria has this tape while she's um, um, under contract nego- renegotiations for her new contract. And she has this tape last year, and she holds on to it. Yep. And that's and, that's the crucial part here, right? Yes, yes. And then she, she's asking for money. They give her an amount. She wants to be up to Stephen A. dollars. like $3 million. No, I want seven. I want eight. Okay, we'll give you five. No. Okay, whatever. But they still are pushing Maria Taylor to, I think, so ESPN knows of this tape, but it still doesn't come out. Okay? So they give Maria Taylor NBA Countdown and countdown and all these other things to kind of like appease her. Like, don't release the tape. I don't know if it was that detailed, but here you go, and we'll renegotiate, whatever. Then the tape comes out a year later. And I never understand that. If you got to complain about me yesterday, bring it up yesterday. Like, uh-huh. you know, so, it, hey, Sean, seven years ago, eight years ago, uh, you said something about my mama, so I need to punch you in the face right now. Oh, God. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. punch me in the face when it happens. <laughs> so, so, you know, so it's kind of like she holds it as leverage and... It was well played by Maria Taylor, okay, only. And this is where I bring in my brother right now because this is why the conversation. And I'm going to quote him because then you can't cancel me. (laughs) He said, man, he said, man, Maria Taylor only thought about Maria Taylor. She's the only one that benefits from this. And it's going to make it harder for the next black woman. Here's here's the issue, right? Maria Taylor didn't do this as an activist. No, she didn't do it as a sports anchor. She did as a money grab. As a black woman, she did it as a businesswoman. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Yeah, this was a financial leverage play. Yeah, Um, she was under contract negotiations. She said on this because she knew her contract was running out. If she was truly offended, we've seen this with whistleblowers everywhere, right? And I got more she than one. And I got more than one brother, y'all. So y'all can't. You got to figure out who said it. 
she would have gone to HR 15 minutes after she heard that damn tape. Right. She would have walked to, a, I think it's like Building 3 on the ESPN campus, knocked on the door and said, you got to listen to this. Right. She didn't. She didn't. She saved, she saved it to a drive. Yeah. She went home. Yeah. Maybe she put it in a safe and she waited. Yeah. Now, here's where we are. This is... Uh-oh. This is a very difficult issue here. Uh-oh. This is why we're here, Sean. That's why this, I saved this, this for last. This is the biggest problem with uh, intersectionality, right? Mm-hmm. That when you keep... Not, not gender, compartmentalizing people based on specific categories. I am black. I am Asian. But I am gay. I am gay. I am middle class. I am lower class. I come from here. You come from here. When we keep specifying people and use this to give people leverage over another, we are inherently creating resentment, right? Yeah. And that resentment is always going to be there. We're all go- we're always going to have this trouble in the past, but it is incredibly unhealthy that Maria Taylor can say, "I am a black woman. You are discriminating against me," and Rachel Nichols' response will be. Well, I'm a Jewish woman. You are discriminating against me. Who the hell does that help? Does it help any of these people, any of these races, any of these genders? No, because then we have to have these incredible discussions that bring up old wounds. If we're 10 minutes away from talking about slavery and the Holocaust now, like, this this is a sports network, right? Frankly, if I was ESPN, I'd probably fire them both because I'm running a business. And this is not my product at all. And as much as I love Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols, I can probably find a really good kid coming out of the University of Syracuse who's like 23 years old just down the road or someone at Northwestern who has learned under someone like Jay Adande and is ready to go to work and just put them on SportsCenter because they're a host. Their job is to talk and deliver commentary, not to systematically change the world. If they wanted to do that, they could work for Greenpeace. They could run for Congress. Uh, hell, they could they could have a, a a stand where they give out brochures outside of Bristol headquarters. The platform right. the platform right. isn't as big though, so Greenpeace it, it isn't. But like, this isn't this this is NBA countdown. Right, but you got I, you got to understand hear what Adrian Wojnarowski sees on Twitter. I don't need to hear hear anything else, really. Yeah, but if 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 something not positive happened to I won't say Woj but anyone else it would and 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 it was kind of public knowledge then people would talk about it but here, here's here's just back up a little bit I hear what you're saying Sean and I appreciate what you're saying and people take 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 us as our as an example because some of the stuff that that I say Sean doesn't agree with some of the stuff that he says I don't agree with so the only thing with that I think it was a girl fight a cat fight I don't know if if I I don't know yeah I think Rachel Nichols felt threatened and I I think it was a it was a threat not she's threatened by a black woman which does exist but she was just threatened for her job security you know and I think that's all it was and I think Maria Taylor made a business decision, but I also think people in the office, well, now you're going to cause a divide because people in the office are going to have to pick a side here. 
And now some people are going to look at Maria Taylor and say, cool. Some people are going to be like, hey, she, that was, you know, but to your point, one day we hope it does get to a better point, but it's still the world that we live in, Sean. And, and, and that's the only thing. But, but who, who is this discussioning, discussion helping, helping, right? It's, it's, you're right. Are you and I going to, or is anybody going to walk away from this? saying well let's just all get along or are we going to say one of two things maria taylor is greedy or rachel nichols is racist well and i don't i don't is, think rachel nichols is racist i think she yeah either. but yeah. here's my problem right did you see maria taylor's tweet yes about this yes during the dark times i always remember that i am in this position to open doors and light the path that others walk down I've taken some punches, but that just means I'm still in the fight. Remember to lift as you climb and always keep rising. 341, July 7th, 2021. Mm. Now, there are four pictures in this tweet. Is Maria Taylor posing next to four different people? Mm-hmm. One was what Obama, right? Are these people? One was Obama, right? This one didn't have Obama, but I believe okay. there was a follow-up Obama. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'll gotcha. state I'll state it quite plainly. She is posing next to four African American athletes mm-hmm. and co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Intrinsically, she made this a race issue. Hmm. Okay. I I, she, I I appreciate. I hear you, and and I can see where that can be. Yeah. In a court of law, you, you're absolutely correct. Yes. And, and, I, and I feel like <clears throat> she's probably trying. So, so she's a Georgia gal. Um, so she the, the Southern dynamic, which I love, yeah. is different mm-hmm. because they see it even more firsthand than East Coast and West Coast folks. You know, it's not a lot of black folks in the Midwest, you know, um, no. but in the South tons and so when she uses the comment as you continue to rise you know pull up is that what she said pull someone with you pretty much I'm yeah a, more or less yeah I'm a firm believer in that I I want to I, I want to live that I want to bleed that I want to live that like I want to breathe that so I do appreciate her saying that I just don't think what she did is doing that I think what she did only serviced her it's not pulling anyone else up because the four people that she put in are probably more understudies not understudies but a, at a lesser level um than her at espn so maybe she's saying she's pulling them with her but it's almost like don't separate yourselves as i understand the us versus them yeah. thing but i don't want to live my life like that I want to lead by example, like, hey, if you don't like me, you don't have to like me. If it's because I'm black, that's okay. I don't hate you. Exactly. I don't. I'm not even thinking about you. Well, well, my thing is, just don't come on my front porch, gonna, and we good. And don't hate yeah. me over things I can't control. Then you're gonna hate me, right? Right. If somebody is gonna look at you, Derek, and say you're a black guy, inherently I dislike you. You have nothing to be ashamed of. I'm not. Because, <laughs> there's a right? bunch of know, there's a few things I can do to, to I can show you better than I can tell you. Exactly. <laughs> Thank the you. Thing you can't control 
in the world around you is stupid people and the stupid opinions you have. Right. right? But frankly, they're more than welcome to have them. Yeah. Though, you don't have to elevate that kind of crap. You don't have to sanction it. Right. But it's going to happen. If somebody is more than welcome to hate me because, you know, I'm an asshole, because (laughs) I'm a, a little bit conservative, because I'm outspoken... But if you look at me and you look at my nose and say, I'm Jewish, that's a problem. I'm not the one, if anything, to be ashamed. Right. That, that's their problem. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I'm the same so, way. I'm the same we way. We can't live our lives with that kind of chip on our shoulder, even though we can't help it. We will live our lives like that, but right. we shouldn't have to. But, but there are people. it's inherently unfair yep. and a fact of being that we do. But we can't also... Uh, drown in it you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we can't let every single decision we make and discussion we have be about that right what i'll say is this because i don't want people to take things wrong i hope they're they're not thinking that oh derek said this and he's not supportive of that and this that and the other look i understand what maria taylor did in corporate america people do that all the time they use their play some recording from somewhere came out and they have it and it can uh, it can it can make them some more money. They're gonna use that insider trade anything. People yeah. people snitch to get ahead. That's pretty much. And I don't mean the snitches and get stitches either. You know, mm-hmm. it's just more of people are always quick to to maneuver if it's gonna get them ahead. That's just how. That's just what it is. It's. it's I think we're also. I think you're completely right. Right. It's a dog eat dog world. Yeah. And uh, we're leaving out the most important bit of context here is that this is journalism. Right. These people destroy each other right. on a daily basis because journalism traditionally is a career, career that, yes, right. was run by white old men. There right. is no doubt about that. Right. 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 We look at all of these institutions, and right. I do believe that has changed. Um, however, uh, however, right? Okay, go ahead. At the end of the day, this is an industry that you do not succeed and thrive based on your merits. If you are truly remarkable, you will be poached by somewhere else. You will not be elevated at your own place because the only way to really rise in the journalism industry, mm-hmm. in the in, in the business you start with, is for somebody in front of you to die or retire. Right. I agree there. It is not a meritocracy. And it's the same way, frankly, with the sports industry that you and I were on the periphery of. Yeah. We had people that would have slit our throats if they thought they could get away with it because we looked at them funny. Of course. And that's kind of what it is at ESPN. Mm. It is no longer that frat bro culture that it was known for, you know, like 80s through 2000s. Right. Stuart Scott. Stuart Scott and those guys, you know, uh, Craig Mm -hmm. Kilborn, Dan Patrick. Sage Steele, right. It is people walking on eggshells. Right. It is people knowing that you could walk around the corner and maybe see Keith Olbermann's there for a day and know that Keith Olbermann's crazy and has a platform where he will destroy you if you don't make eye contact with him. Or maybe you do make eye contact with him. Mm. It's the same deal. It's the same deal there. I got you. At ESPN, people will weaponize this against each other in order to survive. That's why Bill Simmons is gone. Right. That's why, uh, you know, uh, Chris Berman has been there for 
for, for years and years. That's why Skip Bayless has been there for years and years. It has nothing of substance to contribute. Right. Right. I do love Scott Van Pelt. Yeah, Scott Van Pelt, by the way, I'll say this a little behind the scenes, folks. He's the hardest working man at ESPN. I do like he Scott succeeds Van Pelt. not because he's a white man or because he's well educated. It's because he shows up about nine hours before his show even comes on air and works on his craft. See? He's a remarkable guy. Stephen A. Smith, by the way, incredibly nice, incredibly hardworking, playing a character on TV. There's a reason why he makes money. There's a it's reason. It's not because of his skin color. No, I met, I met Stephen A. two times. He fist bumps. He doesn't shake hands. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and he walks like George Jefferson. Like, he, he thinks he's the player of the year, for real. He like, and exactly. a, hand is, a hand is always in the pocket under the suit jacket. And he's just that other hand is always just swinging like some some old '70s funk is playing in the background. Exactly, because that's a guy who has gone through this industry, yeah, taken all the slings and arrows, had nine different positions at nine different jobs, right, and has landed himself at a place where that guy is Teflon. Yeah, I know that's his niche, yelling and screaming, but he he needs to turn it down a little bit. He's getting older. His body can't he, handle that stress. He does, but he um he can't turn it off. <laughs> I, I know he he yeah he he needs to he needs so and it's gonna age a little better than Bayless. Let's just leave it at that. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um yeah, there's a saying. It's called "Black Don't Crack." Um, yep. <laughs> um so to put a bow in this, one thing about I, I hear the messages in the message that Maria Taylor always speaks of, and she's always about uplifting women and little girls and and I am very happy about that because what Obama taught a lot of these black children is you can be anything you want it to be and for a while no one was telling our black children that and whose fault is that that's another topic but at the same time it's still the job still wasn't getting done so that can be parents, that can be schools, that can be whatever it is. The job still wasn't getting done. So what Obama taught to a percentage of black children who didn't have any hope, keeping vicious cycles continue, jail and, and drugs and things of that sort, that, hey, there are options out there. And even if it only touched one kid, there's an option for me. That's one kid saved. What Maria Taylor is doing is letting these little girls know, hey, there's options. If you, you can love sports, like, and not be ridiculed, you're a tomboy or anything like that. And then you can turn that love for sports into a, a second career. You may not get paid as a volleyball player, but after that, you can probably learn a different sport because you're around it at college and things of that sort, and you can turn it into a career. And, and, and girls that look like her need to see that. So for that, I'm okay with. How she went about it, she could have done it. She should have did it last year. Like you said, she should have walked into HR and said, listen, I have this tape. I need $7 million a year. Maria, we can't do that. Okay. And then and then just figure it out from there. I don't think she did that, though. Because she would have released it last year. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think she's fabulous. I, there's no knock on her. I don't want people I mean, coming. You don't from... get where you don't get to the place she's gotten without exactly. the void of talent. If she she knows college football. 
and I love college football. So I'm not mad at I'm not mad at her. It's just I wish you would have did it a little more. Um, um, <sighs> See, people already think we sneaky, Sean. They already think mm. we got ulterior motives. They already think that that you know that people. Some people don't trust black people. I'm just putting it out there. I love how we're doing the same crap I warned against, but like it's the same people, same deal with Jews, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Is, is Rachel Nichols greedy because she wants her job? Like, it, <laughs> right. The money, or is it about the thing? Like, right. This is this is inherently the reason why this is this conversation is always going to end with you and I smacking our face against a wall. Yeah, I've already done it twice. I'm bleeding. Right. Because <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be da- we're gonna be walking on eggshells. Definitely, definitely. And, and I wonder, I wonder. I mean, this. I bet you. A million bucks that Lisa Salters has had this discussion. Right. Uh, Cheryl Miller has had this yes. discussion. Michelle Tafoya has probably had this discussion, right? Yes. yes. Being a woman is hard. Being a black woman is hard. Being a right. journalist is hard. Being alive is hard. It is. It definitely <laughs> is. You know, it's not supposed to be easy, or we'd never be born in the damn first place. Right. Chris Chris Weber left TNT. Correct. Um, I think so. And so he's not doing play-by-play, which means that... And Marv Albert left as well. So there were two seats open. You don't think there's a line of people waiting to get in those seats? Like, Reggie Miller's like, I should be the lead guy now, or Grant Hill, or... You know, so it's people that are sitting there waiting. So it's just... That's just the dog-eat-dog world that we live in. So I just... You know, if everybody just takes care of their business, and when they find their opportunities to maneuver, just don't hurt anyone, don't cause pain to anyone... You got to do what you got to do, but just do it just strategic, more strategic, I guess. And I guess her strategy worked for her, so I guess it worked. Just yeah. be a little bit, a little bit more or less cunning. And it should just be like, I. This is utopian crap. I'm about to say, but you and I should be able to meet on equal playing fields, shake each other's hands before a job interview, and say, "Let the best person win." Right? Def- definitely, and definitely. It isn't like that. For a variety of reasons, we need to work towards that, and we can only do that by being civil with each other. Right. I mean, I think I think your 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 sex appeal might um, get you the job, that's born that way. but that's it, dude. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, um, England, Eng- the England England fan group fanatics from the English <laughs> soccer team. They get mad at players for missing goals and online threats and all that. Why are people stupid? Because it's Twitter's accessible. Yeah. Because you can be anonymous, unaccountable, if you want. If I win on Twitter and call, you know, LeBron James a piece of crap, LeBron James isn't gonna come to my come right. to my house, right? <laughs> right. But Steven Jackson would. Exactly. Yeah. But people are just gonna see it. And I'm gonna feel empowered by it. Ooh. Why? Because because I'm a person of low character in that instance. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with being a fan. I right. don't have a problem with holding people accountable. I can't tell you how much crap I probably gave C.J. Watson in 2011 for passing for to Omar Ashik oh. instead of instead of taking a foul. Right. Oh. I can't tell you how much crap I gave Cody Parkey for for missing a few missing an extra point in the field goal. Oh, Cody Parkey! But I also didn't like light him up, <laughs> and right? Be like, and and attack him as a person. Exactly, 
Exactly. Because I'm not that type of person. I hope you fall in the river. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you can't roll your windows down. It's like, dude, I'm sorry I missed the goal. (laughs) How much? How much did you lose on the? How much did you lose on the bet? I didn't bet. I just lost the game. You just lost the game. I'm not going to follow him home from the stadium. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come, maybe, maybe I'll roll my eyes at him and give him the middle finger and walk away, but that will be the end of it. Real quick, you brought up, brought up LeBron's. I thought we were going to go a whole episode without saying LeBron's name, but we didn't. LeBron James. How does he feel about his name kind of being tied to Adam Mendelson in that recording? I don't think he cares. And okay. I think it's part of the problem. I think he's like, dude. So here's the first thought when I heard this. I was like, ooh, Rachel fooling all of y'all. Rachel's the one that gave it to Maria and told Maria, this is what I'm going to do. And then you use this to play yourself and get some, or play with it and get some money. And then they're going to feel sorry for me. And I'm going to spend this and be like, I feel so like, I don't know what to do. I, I want to love, support black women, but I don't know how to. And spend it in a way. And then they're like, oh, Rachel, we feel that way too. And then she get paid too. That's what I immediately popped in my head. That's the script. That's the screenplay writer in me though. With Jennifer Aniston playing Rachel Nichols. <laughs> it's, it's not terrible casting. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, hey, Sean, we're going to do our... Thanks for hanging out, man. Next week, we're going to do our pre-NBA mock draft. A lot of things are happening. Um, we hope some trades come through. So, we're going to do our mock draft. We'll do one. You'll do one. I'll do two. We'll, we'll Like, we're the GM of that team. Um be good out there sean game four is uh, in a couple days and hopefully we have a series or a championship celebration happening in 135 degree weather because it's steam coming out of your ears sean yeah that that victory parade is going to be have to be done at like 8 30 at night definitely or four in the morning four in the morning definitely it's going to start at 8 30 miserable definitely thanks for hanging again sean i'll talk to you soon brother absolutely good talk man all right Thanks again, Sean, for hopping in and Hank keeping me company today. Um, we kind of went a little deeper than we usually do, y'all. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're not here to offend anyone. You know, we're just two guys talking sports. Um, that's how those forums should be um, utilized. Not as weapons, but just to be able to talk about things. So, uh if we have offended anyone, we, we do sincerely apologize. So, everyone take care. Be safe out there. You can follow us on Instagram if you want to send us some comments at uh, Front Office GM. Um, and we'll read some of them. Um, so, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.